This morning, we're continuing our series called uh, Next. And, uh, you know, the question that we're trying to answer is what's next? What's next in your spiritual journey? And I love this verse in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9. And it says this, no eye has seen, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The amazing thing about God is that he has strategically planned a great life, an abundant life, a victorious life for you and I. And uh, he has made the adequate provisions for us to live that life. Now, I say that and I don't just say that like just to say that. But, you know, man, there's so many people struggling in life today. So much hurt, so much brokenness. Man, life can be hard, can it? Yeah, I mean, life can be tough. But, you know, the Lord says, despite what you go through in life, I want you to live victorious. I want you to live an abundant life. And if the Lord says that that's what I want you to live, how many of you believe that you can live that life? Amen. And so God has methodically planned out uh, a life of purpose, meaning, and fulfillment for each and every one of us. But the question we have to answer is, Lord, what's your next step in this journey that you have for me? This abundant life that you have for me? What's the next step that I need to take to get to that place that you want me to be? Because how many of you know none of us have arrived yet? We're, we're never, we never run out of purpose as long as we're breathing. If you're hearing my voice, God still has purpose for you. Amen. He's got you on this planet for a reason. Amen. And so what's the purpose of my life? And that's what this series is about, hopefully to try to help us figure that out. Now, you remember uh, to begin this morning, I want to refer back to this historical picture that the Lord gives us in the Old Testament when the nation of Israel went from Egypt to the promised land. It's a beautiful story. And all of you that watch the Ten Commandments, it's a great, it's a great movie and it just depicts the power of God in delivering his people. But you know, there were four main steps that Israel took whenever they were uh, in bondage in Egypt. Remember they started, Pharaoh was holding them captive and they were working hard. They were under forced labor. They They couldn't do whatever they wanted. They couldn't just live like they wanted. They couldn't even eat what they wanted. They just lived oppressed. They couldn't go to church. They couldn't worship God. They were just slaves in Egypt. And and they started crying out to God. God heard their cry and he, he rose or he raised up a leader by the name of Moses. And you remember Moses said, come on, the Lord's going to lead us out of here. And through some miraculous works, God convinced them to let them go. And here they were headed out of Egypt and they came up against the Red Sea and there was nowhere else to go. It looked like the Egyptian army was going to kill them. And Moses raised up his staff, the Red Sea parted and the children of Israel came out of Egypt. Amen. It was a great deliverance, right? But then they found themselves in the wilderness. And they were like, what do we do now? We're out of Egypt, but where do we go now? And the Lord began to lead them and guide them by the cloud by day and the fire by night. And they just followed his fire and his cloud. And the Lord directed them. And of course, what he had planned for them was the promised land. And so they went from Egypt to the deliverance of the Red Sea. They were in the wilderness and God was leading them to the promised land. He said, I got a land for you, a land of milk and honey. You're going to have cisterns that you didn't dig, vineyards that you didn't plant, houses that you didn't build. I have a great life plan for you. Amen. And so eventually, eventually, after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, two finally got into the promised land. 
Now that's a picture of what God has for us. God has a promised land for each and every one of us. How many of you know that? Symbolically speaking, God doesn't want us to live in Egypt. He wants us to live in the promised land. How many of you want the promised land? How many of you like to have cisterns? You didn't dig, amen? Come on, I believe that there are four significant steps that we need to take to get to our promised land. And the first one is you gotta know God. And we unpacked that last week. It all starts with knowing God. You can't get out of Egypt till you know God. Amen. And again, Egypt is a type of the world. Pharaoh is a type of Satan. Satan would like to hold you hostage, captive, enslaved in Egypt, but the Lord wants you out of there. He created you to be in the promised land. Amen. So you know God. Step two is you got to live free. You can't get into the promised man land until you enjoy the freedom of the Lord. But step three is you got to make a difference. The Lord didn't put us on this earth just to occupy space. He wants us to, to make a difference. Amen. But before you make a difference, step three, you got to find purpose. There you go. So it's Know God, live free, uh, find purpose, and then make a difference. The Lord wants us to make a difference. He wants us to change the world that we're living in. And some of us have reduced our life to the purpose of Egypt instead of the purpose in the promised land. And the Lord is wanting us to get out of the Egyptian mindset and start getting the Israeli mindset and be the hands and feet that he's called us to be and to fulfill the purpose that he's called us to. Amen. John 10, 10, Jesus said, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come that you might have an abundant life. Do y'all believe that this morning? Do you believe that God, listen, he didn't put a clause in there. I've come to give you an abundant life if you don't have troubles in the world, if you don't have a loss of job, if you don't get older in age, if you don't have problems in the family. No, he said, I got an abundant life for you, period. Amen. Regardless of where you are, God wants you to have an abundant life. Amen. So God wants everyone for us to live that rich and satisfying life. Now, God, God didn't create us to be slaves. God created us to be free. So the question is, how do you get to the promised land? That's the question we need to answer. And we began last week by just talking about, you got to know God. And it's not just knowing about God. It's knowing God personally and intimately. Where you sense his guidance in your life. Where you feel his presence in your life where you can walk with God and talk with God. And you know that you're not going through this life alone. And I'm afraid there's a lot of people that go to church every Sunday and they're still they're still settling for ritualism, for religion instead of a relationship. But listen, the Lord didn't send his son to die on the cross and shed his innocent blood so we could just show up at church. Come on, Jesus died so we can have an intimate and vibrant and powerful walk with the living God. Amen. Come on, if you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Now, today we're going to talk about step two, which is live free. The Lord made a great promise to us in Exodus chapter 6 and verse 6. He said, therefore, say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. I will free you from the oppression and rescue you from slavery in Egypt. See, it's not really good enough just to get out of Egypt by knowing God. You have to get Egypt out of you and live free. You see, you can get out of Egypt, but still have Egypt in you. 
And it's not just good enough to come out of Egypt. You got to get Egypt out of you. You'll never truly live that amazing, abundant life that God has for you until you get free from the bondages, the sins, the wounds, the strongholds that are holding you back. You'll never leave Egypt until you get free. And Israel had been freed from the control of oppression from Egypt, but yet they were still controlled by the mindsets and experiences that they had in Egypt. And so here's what I'd like for all of us to realize today. If you, if you remember anything, remember this. You can be spiritually committed to following Jesus and desiring to live for God and still act like slaves to the old habits and sinful behaviors of Egypt. Does that make sense? To fulfill God's purpose, you need freedom. And just because you're a Christian don't mean you're living in freedom. Can I get a better witness? Amen. So listen, just because the Israelites left Egypt, it didn't mean that they stopped thinking like the Egyptians. They, they still had a slave mentality. They still acted like slaves. They still had a wrong view of themselves. You remember whenever they were, they were supposed to go into the promised land and they said, oh, they got giants in there and we look like grasshoppers. We seem like grasshoppers in our sight. They had a wrong mindset. They, they had a distrustful view of God. They didn't trust that God would help them conquer those giants in the promised land. And they had a skeptical view of their future. Remember, they complained to Moses about how hard life was now that they left Egypt. And they actually wanted to go back to Egypt. I am afraid some of us as Christians, sometimes we want to go back to Egypt when the Lord's like, oh my goodness, I got so much more for you over here. See, the Israelites had men of strongholds that needed to be broken. They had bondages that needed to be broken. And listen, by the way, every Christian has mental strongholds that need to be broken. Amen? We got to get set free from those old mindsets. In Colossians 2, it says, don't, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that, listen, that come from human thinking. And from the spiritual powers of this world, that's where their influence comes from, rather than from Christ. So listen, what's true of the Israelites is also true of us. Even though we're Christians, we still have to be set free from mental strongholds. You know what's the, you know what's the crazy thing about mental strongholds is that we think we're right. We're convinced that what we think is right. And so how do you know if what you're thinking is wrong? Well, you got, you got to have Christ set you free, amen? And that's what Romans 12, 2 said. Don't copy the behavior or the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. And you're going to know, you're going to learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You know what keeps people in Egypt? Sometimes it's the wrong mindsets. Listen, the way you get transformed is by changing your mindsets. But number two, to fulfill God's purpose for your life, we also need freedom from our old sinful behavior or sinful nature. And you know, Paul understood the need to be free from, from, listen, whenever I got saved, my sinful nature still wanted to control me. What about you? All right, let me help you answer that question. Yes. Paul said, Romans seven fifteen. I don't understand myself at all. For I really want to do what's right, but I can't. I do what I don't want to do. I, I do what I don't want to what, and what I hate. 
I know perfectly well that what I'm doing is wrong, and my bad conscience proves that I agree with these laws I'm breaking, but I can't help myself because I'm no longer doing it. What's the problem? It is sin inside of me that is stronger than I am that makes me do these evil things. Remember, Paul was an apostle. You're not talking about a heathen saying this. Paul clearly understood the power and the ability of the sinful nature to hold you back spiritually. And listen, by the way, we too inherited an old sinful nature when the fall, when the fall happened in the garden, which keeps us from truly living spiritually free. Come on, are y'all with me out here? I mean, we try to look as Christian as we can. I mean, we say, hallelujah, praise God. We put our clothes on and, you know, our nice clothes and we come to church and say glory to God. But the reality is we got mental strongholds holding us and we got a sinful nature that don't want us in the promised land. Amen. Amen? And so we got to get free. You know, Paul understood the power and the ability of the sinful nature. But you know what he also understood? He understood the power of Christ to set you free. And that's what he says in, in, uh, in, in, um, in, in Romans 7. He said, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And then he answers his own question. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. How many of you know the good news this morning is that we can be set free from everything holding us back? Amen. Come on. The power of the work of Christ can set us free from our old, odamic, sinful nature. But to fulfill God's purpose from, uh, for our life, we also need to be free from ungodly habits, bondages, and addictions. And so, you know, the bondages and addictions that hold us back and keep us from the promised land, you know, it's just, it's, it's just terrible. And so, you know, um, you know, can you imagine the bad habits and the bondages that Israel had after they got out of Egypt, being under that oppression? You know, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm sure they struggled with, with, uh, with greediness, with lying, with cheating. I'm sure they struggled with immorality. And man, I'm sure they struggled with hatred and anger and violence and bitterness because they were mis they were abused and they were hurt. Remember when Moses saw the Egyptians fighting, what did he do? He killed one of them and hit him in the sand. That's the old nature. That's that old nature right there. Remember, uh, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, don't be deceived. Evil company corrupts good, good habits. You know, the Bible says that if you hang around angry people, you're going to learn how to be like them. But you know what? You can't get out of this world. You live in this world. But sometimes Egypt can get on the inside of you and we need to get Egypt out of us. Amen. And so the reality is it takes only one bondage or addiction to keep you from the promised land. What that means is it only takes one stronghold, one vice, one character issue to keep you from living the life that Christ died for you to live. It takes only one bondage or addiction to keep you from the life of abundance, victory, and fulfillment, right? Just takes one. Think about it. That whole nation of Israel, only two entered the nation. Why? Because of the strongholds. Because they were living, they weren't living spiritually free. So they needed freedom. We have to get this. Until we get free from sins, bondages, strongholds, hurts, addictions, until we get free from dysfunctional behavior, from judgmentalism, from all this junk that we could, jealousy and rage and all this stuff, we're not going to live in the promised land. We got to get free. Amen. 
So the bottom line is it's not good enough to just get out of Egypt by knowing God. You have to get Egypt out of you and live free. Amen? And for some of us, listen, it doesn't matter if you've been serving the Lord 50 years. For some of us, our next step is right here. We need to live free. Living free has to be a priority for every believer. It has to be a priority. Just because we know God doesn't mean we're automatically going to live free. Would you all agree with that? And so listen, in the Great Commission, the Lord gave the church the Lord's second directive about uh, to teaching the believers to live free. And this is what he says in Matthew 28. Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all that I commanded you. It's the church's job to teach believers, to teach the church, to live free and observe the commands of God. In John 8, 31, Jesus said this. He said to the disciples, he said to the people who believed in him, he said, you are truly my disciples. If you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth. And what's going to happen? The truth will set you free. See, freedom is not automatic. I wish you could just come up here and just pray this prayer and ask the Lord to forgive your sins and you never have another problem in your life. But that's not reality. As long as you live on this earth, you're going to struggle. You're going to fight with your character. You're going to fight with your sinful nature. You're going to fight with mental strongholds. You're going to fight. you got to fight for freedom. Amen. Amen? There's three truths that help us live free. If you want to genuinely live free, first, we live free when we continue to pursue our spiritual growth. And you see, this is where a lot of times we fall down. It's like we come to church, we give our lives to Christ, and then we just stop right there. But listen, the Lord don't want us to stop in the wilderness. He wants us to keep going into the promised land. And it's easy for us as even Christians to live in the wilderness instead of going into the promised land. And so we need to keep going. Amen. Remember what Jesus said in John 8, 31, in the New American Standard, it says, he was saying to those that believed in him, if you continue in my word, then you're truly disciples of mine. You see, I believe there's a lot of Christians that are not living the abundant life. It, Jesus paid for it, but they're not living the abundant. If truth be known, they're living a defeated life. They're not living in victory. They're not overcoming. They're living in defeat. They're living like they're still in Egypt. And one of the reasons is because we're not continuing in the word of God. We're not continuing to grow in our relationship with God. Listen, Christianity is not for sissies and it's not for the weak spine. It's for those that are serious about living their life for Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen, you can't live for yourself and live for Jesus. You got to get on one horse or the other. But I want to encourage you today. Get off the selfish horse. Get on the, on the Jesus horse and he's going to bring you to the promised land. Come on, I'm telling you he will. It's not just good enough to be a Christian. You have to continue to pursue your spiritual growth. If you want to live free, you have to desire to grow up. You have to desire it. You know, it's kind of like, you know, sometimes it's like the table has been set and, and Christians sit at the table and Jesus has a banquet there and we look at it and we say, oh, I'm not interested. 
And the Lord's like, man, do you realize that you're working hard to try to get ahead financially? And if you eat of this meal, it'll help you get financially. You need to quit spending less time over there and start spending time right here. Amen. We just don't get it sometimes that, man, there's nothing better than to sit at the banquet table of the Lord and eat his word. Amen. First Peter 2, 2 says, like newborn babies crave the spiritual, the pure spiritual milk so that you may grow up in your salvation. You can't just be saved. You got to grow up in your salvation. Amen. If you want to live free, you have to crave the spiritual milk. So how do you develop an appetite for God's word? You got to make church attendance a priority. You see, it, you know, listen. I mean, I've been I've been on staff here almost 27 years, so I, I had to come to church for 27 years. I <laughs> like I got to show up. But you know what? I showed up before I became I came on staff here. See, I don't know. Some of you, y'all, y'all lives just hadn't been messed up enough. See, my life was so messed up. It's just like, dude. I've been eating at that other table long enough and man, it stinks and it gives me a stomachache and I don't want to live in that pig's pen anymore. Amen. But come on, you got to make it a priority. You can't just wet your finger and put it out in the, in the air and say, oh, if the wind's blowing right, I might go to church today. No, you need to get yourself up and go to church every Sunday. Why? Because the word of God is being preached. Amen. Amen. So you got to make it a priority. Join a small group. Join a small group of Bible study. Listen, that's why we make small groups available. So that you don't have to meet, eat one meal a day. Amen. So that you can grow as much as you want. And see, here's the motivation. You say, Todd, why are you getting all upset about it? Why are you going on this rant about this? It's because I don't want you to live in Egypt. My heart is for you to live in the promised land. My heart is for you to live victorious and live abundantly that Jesus paid for. Come on, get out of Egypt. Get Egypt out of you. And come on, get into the word. The word will set you free. Amen. And so that's what, you know, the scripture's talking about here. You know, we have a spiritual growth track. You've heard us. Every Sunday we say, we got a growth track. And so he said, oh, forget about a growth track. I don't want a growth track. I want a cheeseburger. You can have a pot belly like me, yeah. <laughs> but listen, the reason why we have a growth track is so we can help people grow. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> to cover the next steps in your spiritual journey so you can get out of Egypt and get Egypt out of you. Our goal is to help people grow. See, one of the things that we realize, it's not good enough for somebody to say, I need Jesus. I want to ask the Lord to forgive my sins. In the Great Commission, he didn't say go make Christians. He said go make disciples. See, there's a difference between a Christian and a disciple. A disciple is one who makes a priority of his spiritual growth. And if I could just encourage you in this. Don't don't get complacent in your spiritual walk. Don't get apathetic in your spiritual walk and say, I heard all that, I've done all that. No, 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 no. If you're breathing, if you're hearing my voice, God has more for you. Amen. Pursue him and you might find it. Amen. And so 
So you got to, you know, first, what's the first thing is you got to uh, pursue your spiritual growth if you want to be free. The stronger you get spiritually, the more free you'll be. The weaker you are spiritually, the more enslaved you'll be. And so some people, it's just like, you know, it's like they do Christianity like they put their toe in the water. Yeah, I'm doing Christianity. I got my toe in the water. Look, I got my toe in the water, man. You saw me the other day. I went to church. I got my toe in the water. I prayed that prayer already. And they say, man, I don't know why. Why is all this bad stuff happening to me? Why am I living so defeated? Well, because you just got your toe in the water. Jump in, dive in, do the plunge. Amen. Do the Jesus plunge. Amen. Come on. If, you, if you're with me today, say, I'm with you. Hey, I'm trying my hardest to encourage you. Amen. I'm just trying my hardest, you know. I, I tell people in the growth track, you know, I feel like I'm a coach, a spiritual coach. And if a coach is worth his salt, whenever you get to the gym, they're not going to let you take it easy. They're going to make you sweat it out. Amen. Sweat that pot belly out. Amen. <laughs> you know, come on. Do another lap. Another lap. You know, and if I'm worth my salt as a spiritual coach, I, my job is not to let you be comfortable, but to keep getting up spiritually and give, do, putting in another lap spiritually. Amen. Amen. Okay. Truth number two to living free. To live free, we live free when we connect relationally with believers. In Hebrews 10.25, it says, Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. See, it's not just good enough to attend church. You have to continue relationally with other believers. You know, there's an interesting verse in James 5.16. It says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Somebody said, you know, if you want your sins to be forgiven, confess them to God. But if you want to be healed or set free, confess them to another compassionate Christian. Confessing to God takes care of the past, what has happened, but confessing to another person helps it to not happen again. And see, something happens spiritually when you connect and you start fellowshipping with other believers. And God designed it that way. It's not good for man to be alone. The Bible says encourage one another, support one another, share with one another, love one another. There's so many one another commands in the Bible. Why? Because he realizes that if we're going to make it, we, we need each other's help. Pastor Brandon shared this thought with me, a, a message he heard years ago, and I thought it was so good, so powerful. Remember when Lazarus was raised from the dead, raised from the grave? He came out of the grave. It's very interesting what happened there, and, and I'm just going to point it out. In John 11:43, Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. Then his hands and his feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in headcloth, and Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Now, Jesus raised him from the dead, but when it came time to take the grave clothes wrappings from him, he said, y'all take it off of him. Y'all take it off of him. And so you see, if you want to live free, you have to connect relationally with other people. And I know, I get it, I get it. It's like, man, some Christians are weird. Yeah, I know. I'm one of them, man. I'm just kind of weird, you know. Man, I'm busy. I got, I got all kind of stuff going on. I know, I know. 
Everybody's busy. But do you want to live in Egypt or do you want to live in the promised land? You got to take some time to connect relationally with others. Amen? So how do you connect relationally with others? I just want to give, put a plug in right now for Celebrate Recovery. Tony's here. Tony, why don't you just stand for just a moment? I just want to acknowledge Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery is, is dear to my heart uh, because of my testimony. Thank you, Tony. You could sit down. But, you know, Tony and Marlene, they've been every Friday for I don't know how many years now, Tony. Eight years they've been showing up every Friday over here in the J building. To At first they came to be a part of it. Tony was having problems with drinking. His marriage was, was busting up. They started coming to celebrate recovery. God put their, their marriage back together. He delivered him from alcoholism. And now he's been leading celebrate recovery for eight years. He came out of Egypt. He's in the promised land. Thank God, huh, Tony? Thank God. But, you know, celebrate recovery, you know, I asked them to meet on Friday because my personal testimony was I got saved, but I still was having problems with drugs. I didn't want to do drugs. Drugs had me. It's called an addiction. Right? I didn't want to do it, but it made me do it. The devil made me do it, with, and you know, that, that deal. But, you know, something happened when I started going to a Bible study on Friday night. Something happened. I started connecting with other Christians. I wanted, I was okay during the week, came Friday, the, you know, weekend party. Everybody's in the party except me. The only party I knew was drug related. And so I found myself back at the party. But when I started going to a Bible study and connecting with other believers, I found out, man, it's not so much the party that I want. It's the fellowship. It's the connection. I'm lonely at home by myself. I need somebody to talk to, somebody to fellowship with. It changed my life. And by the way, Celebrate Recovery is not for just people that, that are addicted. It's for anybody that's got a hurt, a habit, or a hang-up. And let me, let me help you out. That's all of us. That's all of us, right? But you see, the reality is some of us drink because we got a hurt. See, some of us do drugs because we got a hurt. And you see, you get in a context of other believers and just the support and the encouragement you get from other believers can jumpstart you. Amen. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Amen. So I encourage you, Friday night, join them. You don't have to be, uh, you know, uh, like me, a drug head. You can just have a hurt, ha uh, hurt habit or hang up. Okay, so everybody, nobody can say, oh, you go to that. Yeah, you should come with me too. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so a second way is through life groups. You know, we tell you, hey, every three times a year, we have a semester of life groups. And you see, if you understand the why behind the how, maybe it'll make you motivate you. But you know, like we have these life groups out there. We have a, a single mom's fellowship. You know, a lot of single moms end up where they, where they don't want to be because they're so lonely. That's a great group. There, there's one here, boundaries with kids. You know, listen, some of us are in Egypt because our parents didn't go through boundaries with kids. Right? They didn't know no boundaries, didn't establish no boundaries, and we ended up in Egypt. Come on, I'm preaching now. Then there's the indestructible marriage, praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. 
Come on. Can I get a better amen? But then, then we have the, the young adult. The young, the, the, there's all kind of young adult uh, groups. And the hangout. And there's youth. The, the youth. You know, whenever the youth meet out here on campus on midweek, they meet as much in small groups as they do in a preaching type meeting. Because we understand that transformation takes place. If God uses each other to unwrap the grave clothes. He will resurrect us. He will get us spiritually living. But he actually uses people, the body of Christ, to help us. Does that make sense? So I encourage you, go into the foyer and find a group. And listen, by the way, If you can't find one you like, start one. Start one. You don't need a whole group. You just need one or two. Where two or more are gathered, I am in their midst, right? Listen, we'll train you. Go to the growth track. We'll train you how to do a group. We got so many resources. We got enough resources to keep you busy till Jesus comes. Amen? Well, listen, it's so important. And listen, for some of you, if you just hear what I'm saying... If I could un, if there was a zipper on your brain and I could un, unzip your brain and just put that in there, I would do it. And that's what I'm trying to do right now, right? And so I just want to encourage you, connect with other believers. It'll change your life. Amen. And then the, ter- the third truth we need to know is we get free when we learn to live the spirit-filled life. And you know, you remember we talked about it in our last series Ephesians 5.18 says, don't get drunk with wine because that'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, singing hymns, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts. Be filled with the Spirit. It means like continually. Not just one time, not just one day, continually. Why do we need to continually be filled with the Spirit? So we can continue to live the Spirit-filled life. And we can continue to live free. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You see, the Holy Spirit's job is not to enslave us, oppress us, drive us in the ground. The Holy Spirit's job is to get us out of Egypt. The Holy Spirit is the promoter, the provider, the equipper, the presence of freedom. So the more of the the presence of God you have in your life, the more free you will be. So let me just put in a little plug right now. Sometimes some people say, I'm going to go after the music is done because I don't like all that music. I just want the word. Well, listen, music gets you into the presence of God. We're not just singing music. We're worshiping the Lord. You, you enter his presence through thanksgiving. You enter his courts with praise. That's how you get in the presence of God. You might be here just listening to music. I'm here to worship the living God. Amen. And listen, I love coming in here and worshiping with all of you because as we worship together, there's a greater presence with all of us worshiping many times than whenever I'm worshiping all by myself. Amen. Because God just says, that's my people. And look at them. Look at them. You see, you got to get past the mentality of that we're just singing songs and clapping our hands. That's not what we're doing, gang. Oh, my goodness. If that's your mentality of the worship, you've missed the whole point. 
We're praising the Lamb of God. We're praising the King of glory. Come on. There's no shadow of turning and all that good stuff. He'll knock the wall down. He'll count, pull the lies down. He'll do whatever he needs to do. Come on. I need to hear that. I needed to hear that this morning, that he's coming after me. He's going after me. And listen, whenever I get in the presence of God and I feel the anointing of God, I feel the freedom of the Lord. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen? There is freedom. Wow. Remember, whenever the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they followed the cloud by day and the fire by night. And that's what the Holy Spirit's job is. Listen, Christianity is not showing up at church. It's fellowshipping with the Lord. It's knowing his spirit. What is his spirit saying? What is the Spirit doing in your life? Listen, if you're not connected to the Holy Spirit, you're missing it. Jesus said it's important that I go, that the comforter might come, the helper might come. Listen, gang, we need to get close enough to the Lord where we know the Spirit. We sense the Spirit. We feel the Spirit's work in our life because it's the Spirit that gets us out of Egypt and gets Egypt out of us. Amen. Are y'all with me? So you can't settle for just knowing about God. The devil knows about God. You got to know God intimately, powerfully. Come on. You got to grow in your relationship with God. Amen. Come on. If you agree, say amen. Now listen, the Bible says in Galatians 5 and 1, Christ has freed us so that we may enjoy the benefits of freedom. Therefore, Be firm in this freedom and don't become slaves again. And so, you know what I believe Galatians 5.1 is saying? You could be in Egypt and be taken out of Egypt and go back to Egypt. You can go back to Egypt. So he's saying, listen, Christ freed you from Egypt. Don't go back to Egypt. Even though we're born again Christians, sometimes we lose the benefit of freedom and become slaves again to the influence of the enemy and the difficult experiences and problems in life. We get bound up again in spiritual bondages and strongholds. We get bound up by hurts and wounds. Man, when somebody betrays you, when somebody rejects you, man, it hurts you and you can just get bound up. We get bound up again because of the, the pull of, of the generational strongholds and the spiritual powers of, of our previous generational ancestors. And Jesus said he came to deliver us from the generational curses. Amen. And so he's saying, listen, don't just, just get a taste of freedom. Live free. Live free. Amen. Come on, we need a, we, if, we, if we don't enjoy freedom, we can't enjoy the abundant life, amen? And some of us, we're just one breakthrough away. We're just one breakthrough away. We're just one stronghold away from getting where we need to be. Now, let me just conclude. There are two ways that will help you live the Spirit-filled life. You see, we've come together and we worship and encourage you to make church attendance a priority. But the other thing is make make devotion to God a priority. And we teach this in the in the in the growth track, but you know, you gotta learn to sit with your Bible and read your Bible. It's a two-edged sword, it's able to divide the soul and the spirit. 
Come on, it's the Holy Spirit that, that wrote the Bible, that oversaw the Bible. It was written by man through the power and the influence of the Holy Spirit. And so when you read the Bible, you're, it's, the, it's spirit, amen? It's not like the daily advertiser. It's not like Facebook. When you read the Bible, there's an anointing on it that'll get inside your soul and it'll fill you with the Spirit, Amen? And so I encourage you to spend time. The more time you spend with God in his word and in prayer and in worship and fellowship, the more you sense and feel the spirit and the freedom of the Lord. Amen? But number two, take advantage and attend the freedom weekend. You know, we've been talking about this, but I can't emphasize enough. You know, for, for um, I don't know, for years, ever since I've been coming over here, We've been, Brother Francis and Miss Babs had men's retreats and ladies' retreats, and we had encounters for about 15 years. And you know, the purpose of this is like to, it's the greatest way to jumpstart your spiritual life. And whenever you set aside, you know, it's coming up in October, and you could sign up, you know, in the lobby, online, on the church app. But I just want to encourage you, we're going to have a, a freedom weekend in October 20th and 21st, Friday night and most of the day Saturday will end about five. But you know what happens during that weekend, you cannot, you, you cannot fully fathom the blessing that happens. Because sometimes you can't tell that there's things holding people in Egypt or the wilderness. And, and whenever you get that breakthrough, whenever God breaks that spiritual hold off your life, man... I mean, you just start running spiritually like you never ran before. So I just want to encourage you. We're going to make it available. We're setting the table. But you know, listen, there'll probably be something that'll be fun that weekend. But you got to make a decision. Well, you got to make a decision. Are you going to live your life for yourself or are you going to live it for the Lord? Are you going to make priority of your spiritual growth and live free? That's really the bottom line. And you don't have to come to this to live free, but I'm just saying, this is why we're doing it. Because we know that, listen, you could come to church Sunday after Sunday and be held by an offense or held by some spiritual uh, stronghold or mindset. And you just, whenever that thing breaks off your life, man, you're going to start walking in greater freedom than you ever had before. Amen? Come on. Live free. The Lord wants us to live free. How many of you want to live free? Four steps to our promised land. Know God. Number two, live free. Number three, find purpose. There's a purpose for you to be here. When you find that purpose, start walking in that purpose, you're going to make a difference. And listen, you, if you've been saved 50 years and you're still on this planet, God wants you to make a difference. If you've been saved six months and you're on this planet, God wants you to make a difference. God wants us all to make a difference. Amen. Would you stand with me and let's close in prayer? I want more freedom. What about you? I like freedom. I don't like to be controlled. I don't like to be oppressed. I don't like to be depressed. I don't like to be enslaved. I like to be free. What about you? That's why the Lord doesn't force us to serve him and follow him. He wants us to be free. But he said, man, if you'll lose your life, you're going to find your life. 
If you make, if you seek first the kingdom of God, everything else is going to happen for you. We just got to make him a priority. Amen. Come on, just close your eyes right where you are. Just take a moment right now. Just, just let the Holy Spirit just work on you. Just, just tell the Lord, Lord, I don't want to just, I don't want to just go through the, the routine of Christianity. I want to follow you. I want to serve you. I want to live for you. I want to be free. Father, I know there's some here today that this message probably struck a card. There's things going on in their life that are holding them back and keeping them. And I know, Lord, that you you love each and every one of us and you don't want us to be held back. You don't want us to be held captive. You want us to be delivered and set free. And I pray that this morning, Lord, that you would release your anointing over this house. Lord, I pray that you get Egypt out of each and every one of us. Lord, break mental strongholds this morning. Father, I pray, Lord, weaken the power of sin and the sinful nature in our life. Lord, I pray, fill us with your spirit, God, to overcome, Lord. Thank you, Father God, that your grace is being released right now over this house. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. Thank you for the freedom that is here today in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Now the Bible says that it all starts. Remember, it all starts with knowing God. You can't live free until you first know God. Jesus told Nicodemus, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. You have to have that spiritual birth. When you get born again, when you become a Christian, the enemy's powers is broken off your life and the power of God begins to control your life. And if you've never done that, that's the first step. It's the greatest decision that you could ever make. Everyone in this room that are Christians had to decide to make that decision because nobody can do it for you. But if you're here today and you say, Todd, would you pray for me? I want to become a Christian today. I want to make sure that I know God. I want to give my life to Christ today. I know I've sinned and I know he forgives me. And I want that forgiveness today. If that's you, would you just do me a favor and lift your hand and so I can see it. And I want to pray a special prayer for you. Just lift it high so I can see it. Thank you, sir. Anywhere else, just lift it high. Just hold it up there. Hold it up there. I see your hand, ma'am. Anywhere else? Anywhere else? Right here. I see your hand, ma'am. Anywhere else? Come on, the Lord. This is your day. This is your opportunity. The Lord's had enough of you living in Egypt, and he's ready to get you into his abundant living, his promised land. Ma'am, I see your hand. Thank you for being bold. Thank you for being courageous. Don't let the enemy rob you of the greatest step. Right back here, sir. I see your hand. Now, let's pray together. Come on, all of you that raise your hand. Just pray this prayer, ma'am. I see your hand. Just pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Come on, let's all pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and shedding your blood so my sins could be forgiven. Lord Jesus, I want to live for you. I want to serve you. I want to know you. Lord, would you forgive me? Would you cleanse me? And would you fill me? with your love and your spirit today. I commit my heart to you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now listen, those of you that raised your hand, thank you so much. 
I'm just so proud of you. And we're so, we're so far you this morning because we understand how powerful that decision is. There's a green card in your pew. We won't embarrass you, but there's a green card, a bar that says, I made a decision. If you'll take that card and bring it either to the lobby or here, we got a, a, a Bible for you if you need one. Just, a, just some information, some resources to just get you jump started in this, in this new journey. The greatest journey that you could ever live. I'm glad to be a Christian. What about you? How many of you glad that you're a Christian? Amen. Amen. Father, I pray the blessing of the Lord, the favor of the Lord over the church of God today. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. So good to be with you. You have a wonderful day. You're dismissed.